Welcome back to Need More Info. I'm your host, Nate. How's everybody doing this week? I That was a weird intro, but I do not care. It's amazing to be back, people. Hopefully, you're all doing a, having a lovely time out there with this actually quite nice weather at the moment. It's actually it's a very, very nice temperature in the UK at the moment. It's not to the point where we all want to melt like the Wicked Witch of the West. I'm melting! Uh, it's, you know, not to the freezing point, which, to be honest with you, I actually prefer. Because it's easier to get warm in the cold than cold in the warm, and that's definitely for sure. But yeah, honestly, it's been great to be back, people, and with tons of news, and we're getting back into the topical debates again this week. And oh, with a few with the next few weeks coming up as well, because we've got a few predictions with a few topics uh, relating to some of the news we'll be getting into a bit later. But before we get into that, I'd like to welcome back a lovely co-host who I always love having on the show. It's Fergus. How you doing, man? Hello. Thank you for having me again. I'm back. You're back. Back again. Fergus back. How you been? What have I been up to the past couple of weeks? Uh, being really hot. Being not so hot. Lots of walking. Um, yes, I saw five. that. Yeah. Went on a 20-kilometer hike around the South Downs. No. It was even a bit much for me, to be honest. Um, I took a whole, a whole, well, the entire Sunday was a write-off. Looked um, stunning, to be fair, though. It is. It's wonderful. Uh, it's some wonderful countryside out there. Um, so I've actually been to the castle for a wedding. It was it was gorgeous there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was, uh, yes. It looked very good from the outside. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's very, it's very interesting to actually see from the inside. It's very, very stunning to just walk up to in general. But no, but no, that's awesome. And you said you completed, you completed Forza Horizon. So with completing Horizon Five, what are you up to now with gaming? Uh, gaming, I have started playing Medieval Dynasty, which aesthetically looks an awful lot like Skyrim, but it basically you just build a village and inhabit it with villagers and hunt. And that sort of thing. It's good. It's good. It's quite a pleasant play. Um, I think the AI needs improving because my first villager got fed up with me and wandered off into the middle of the lake. And I can't get into the middle of the lake to rescue them. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I left that one. Well, that's Um, one way to go. That's definitely one way to go. Yeah. (laughs) No, honestly, man, it's great to have you back. Uh, Myself, I've been playing Power Wash Simulator on Game Pass. I've watched streamers play Power Wash Simulator. I've not got round to playing it myself. Do it. You'll get it. Like, it, the fact that some of the missions have you, you know, washing from push bike, motorbikes to, like, playgrounds and, you know, or I heard there's some we have to, like, wash a subway station. Like, and I saw a picture of, like, literally half of it was clean, like a straight, smooth line down the middle, and I you know, my OCD side was coming out. I was going, oh, yes, that just looks so good. Maybe I need it. Maybe I should make sounds like that on a podcast, but I don't care because it was just looked that satisfying. Oh, well, I've been playing. Still need to complete straight, even though it's only five hours long. My housemate would kill me until before I actually complete that. Uh, what else have I been playing? Honestly, I haven't actually been playing a lot, because obviously last week we had a lot of podcasting going on, so it was a lot of editing time. We finally figured out the uh, the pixel animated versions, people. Unfortunately, it's not the full articulated. Mouse actually did spend about six hours working at Adobe Animate to try. Actually, created the R E R like R like all the all the mouth you know annotations that could go with the mouth. But 
when I tried to animate it, because Adobe Animate is basically Flash. And I realized that would take forever to animate one character, to be fair. And it wasn't it wasn't great. So we're going to stick with the old South Park mouth moving for now. So go check that out now, people on YouTube. Episode 30 is up with that. And it's, uh, it's a bit interesting. It's our San Diego Comic-Con special. I'm looking at contemplating going back and retroactively changing and maybe at least five or six of the episodes into pixel versions of the talking episodes but going forwards definitely look for that coming out every week so that that was pretty much my weekend entirely so i'm actually looking forward to going to brighton pride this weekend so oh. uh yeah looking forward to that you coming along i haven't got tickets um oh no it's just, it's just we're, we're just gonna just, we're just, just turn to, up yeah well uh, we're just going to the parade maybe maybe my life is currently chaotic so as life is chaos pretty much Uh, yeah but no no i've been like i haven't been like i this is the first year where i'm actually going because i can finally walk better now because i had some ankle issues before so i've just decided you know and a friend of mine said you know come along this year so i'm gonna hopefully uh get my get my new hawaiian shirts or pattern shirts and glitter and color my hair you know and uh go to the parade go to the bright pride and it's going to be very fun to actually go visit for the first time very busy though i've heard very busy but yeah no honestly right people so obviously as I mentioned before last week we did the san diego comic-con episode and we had a special episode double double episode people double episode due to technical difficulties aka nate couldn't get it out on time so he released them at two at once but a little peek behind the curtain there but we thought you'd enjoy the uh the animatic that went with it as well we're definitely using that in the future so yeah with the san diego comic-con episode we- the amount of stuff we actually talked about and the amount of stuff we left out because there was just so much to go through. Like we didn't even really get into the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power trailer, to be honest. But again, so much to get through. And that comes out in about a month's time. So we'll be talking about it then. But yeah, no. Uh, so obviously, you know, we're back to the general news this week and we're going to be getting into the our topic this week is the top uh, our personal top five uh, TV animes. Uh, this is a Japanese anime specifically. Uh, we'll get into that little conversation when we get into the topic session because I was a bit frustrated at that. But when it comes to all that, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing this week. So we've done the intros. Hello, Fergus. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Cool. Right. We've done the intros. Excellent. And uh, now it's time to get on to that news. So, Fergus, I think it's time for the news, man. Yes. Tell us what has happened this week. Well, speaking of adaptations, MGM no longer owns Tomb Raider. I saw this. I was looking forward to that film. Um, In the article, it says um, the license is not up for bidding for other studios. So hopefully someone else will take it on very soon. Um, But I I mean, I guess this means a delay at the very least. See, I'm wondering if this was because of the whole Amazon acquisition of MGM. Maybe it was just during this period. Maybe maybe Amazon can renew the license because obviously Amazon own MGM now. And you'd think with Mass Effect, God of War coming from uh, Amazon, that this would actually go and play into that. Yeah, and didn't Tomb Raider, didn't Square Enix sell Tomb Raider or the rights to or the studio that made Tomb Raider recently? Oh, to the um the partner group, yeah. That because yeah. I know I know Guardians of the Galaxy and Deus Ex went to um that company, but I don't know if Tomb Raider did. I don't know if it went to the same people, but it definitely went. I'm pretty sure it did. So a combination of those two things has made the movie fall through. 
Yeah, it's basically coming from PC Gamer. Basically, it's, uh, MGM would have needed to fully commit, uh, formally commit to the sequel by May this year, but it wanted to keep its hold on, if it wanted to keep its hold on the move rights for Tomb Raider, but let the opportunity slip. Uh, this is frustrating because Alicia Vikander, she was actually a good, really, really good, you know, Lara Croft mm. and everything. But that movie was really good up until the halfway point. It was really, it was, it was this almost straight adaptation of the first remake of the games. And then it got into this weird, like, with this weird adaptation, which was kind of frustrating, to be honest. But yeah, no, honestly, I'm a bit sad about this. Hopefully that Amazon could possibly, you know, do this. I don't know, to be honest. And really? obviously, Nick Frost was at the end of that uh, movie with the uh, with the old pistol, uh, Lara Croft pistols, which I thought was hilarious. Mm. But yeah, no, going into um, going popping along though, it seems that the Batman uh, will actually be back. He's coming back, people. Oh, this will be fun. Yeah. So it turns out that uh, the reason that this was revealed is because. Sorry, people, make sure to have uh, your Facebooks off when uh, you're recording. Uh, so it seems, so I believe there was a, uh, there was like a, people saw this going by, but basically it was, it was, it was, it was revealed on, um, this is coming from IGN, it's official, uh, Ben Affleck is back as Batman, no claim sequel sees Jason Momoa returning to Arthur Curry, uh, reunited, uh, he said, by an Instagram post, Bruce and Arthur, love you, Mich- you Ben, Warner Brothers Studio Tours just explored the back lot, right? Busted on set, all great things coming to Aquaman 2, my hello. So I'm guessing they saw Ben Affleck on set while the, while the, while the set tour was going on, and that's actually quite hilarious, to be honest, the fact that that occurred and like literally one of those one of those set tours is is actually quite funny <laughs> and like to actually see that and i i'm not gonna lie getting ben affleck back i think is a great choice to be honest like I, people criticize the movies i even criticized the movies he was in but he i thought he was a perfect batman and a perfect bruce wayne if you watch the 90s animated tv series he literally physically looks like bruce wayne granted the killing aspect was frustrating but outside of that yeah it's Mm. it's um i thought it was a perfect batman and now this officially means we've now got free batman in the dc universe free batman yeah so we have we have michael keaton who's going to be in the flash yeah and ben affleck is you've got uh, michael keaton in batgirl which is which is going to be interesting, but then you've got Robert Pattinson as well. Yeah. Now and then you've got Jensen Ackles voicing some Bat- Batman animated series, but that doesn't really count that much because I was not live action. We got three Batman, and we can't even confirm if we have one Superman, <laughs> which is still frustrating to me. Everyone loves Batman. Well, everyone's everyone's saying it's interesting that Aquaman's getting two films, Wonder Woman's getting three films, yeah, Ant Man. Yeah. Is getting three movies before Superman gets a sequel to his film. Just, yeah, Superman's quite a hard one to do, though. Really, because like he really isn't. That's that's the interesting thing. He actually, if like there are some, we're actually going to do an episode on what, how you can do a perfect Superman adaptation. Like, oh, in my opinion, or what what does it take? Because there are some great animated stories. Like All Star Superman is about Superman getting overcharged in the sun and he's dying. He's becoming so mm. powerful that he's dying and he has to leave Earth. That's that's a story. And then there's another one where he um first Superman versus the Elite, where this uh, superhero team kills, and mm. Superman's dealing with the morals of that. 
But then it goes into the aspect of what would happen if Superman just just let go of his morals for even the smallest point and how scary that is. And, you know, obviously Superman Red Sun, what if he landed in uh, Russia, you know, communist Russia, mm. King Kingdom Come, set in the far future, like all these great Superman stories or Superman involved in them. Yeah. But they just can't seem to do it. And I'm hoping we're going to be getting on to another news item, actually, in regards to that. But I'm hoping, you know, going forward, like, because obviously uh, I believe Alan Horn is actually coming back to DC. Uh, he's coming to DC uh, to work on the, uh, the, the, the movies. He's, he's coming like, in an advisory capacity. I believe it's Alan Horn. And he worked at Disney during the uh, Marvel, uh, the big Marvel movies here the last 10 years. So hopefully he can actually help DC with that. Moving along, people. Yeah, again, you know, look forward to this. And Matt, Aquaman, I enjoyed. Uh, hopefully it's, you know, it's just a continuous improvement going into the sequel. Mm. Right. Moving along, people. So it seems that, which I'm very happy to hear, Fantastic Four, the movie, will not be an origin story, which I'm very happy with, to be honest. Okay. Okay. Like, so long as it doesn't start at a very obscure part of their timeline, I'm okay with that. Well, there's 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 a lot of hopes that this is actually set as a 60s movie originally. Mm. So set in the 60s, and then they get stuck in the quantum zone or the quantum realm, and then they get pulled out into the present day. Because obviously, in Ant-Man, quantum, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, they get sucked into the... Um, the quantum realm and then they come out and then tie how much time has passed uh during that period of time which i think mm. is very interesting because obviously the snap happens now and it's only been like five to ten seconds or what they perceive as that yeah i'm i'm and also with a fantastic four being marvel's comic book well actually comic books first family and they were set in the 60s you know it's, it's the perfect time to introduce them i'd I, and obviously with ant-man quantum mania coming out It'd be good to have maybe like, you know, because Kang's going to be in there. I mean, there could be a reason why this is occurring. Obviously, we've had Mr. Fantastic already now. Because obviously, spoilers for Doctor Strange at this point. Uh, but, you know, I won't go any further than that. But we've had Doctor Sh- we've had Mr. Fantastic now. And there are rumors that Doctor Doom is going to be a bigger character outside of the Fantastic Four, which I think is an, it's the best tr- tr- choice. <clears throat> because Doom is everywhere. Yeah, Doom is all, and worked for Spider Man. To be honest, like he was already Spider Man for six months in Civil War, and uh, yeah, honestly, like I think this is the best way to go. Also, Spider Man was first introduced in a Fantastic Four comic book, so I think it'd be interesting if they flip it and the Fantastic Four are maybe introduced in a Spider Man property. You know, do it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they would. Yeah, I think that would work. Yeah, definitely. But we can't say much more on that until we actually know any of the casting for this movie. I still think you shouldn't cast Young for this. Mid to late 30s, early 40s, I think. Like, you know, yeah. mature characters. I don't want any more, t- you know, you know, young actors. I- I'd like to see some mature actors come into this role. Or at least, you know, mid mid 30s minimum. I think they'd be best. Yeah. Johnny's the best one for the like late, t- like, late 20s. I still reckon Steve from Stranger Things is the best choice for that, but we'll, you know, there's some fan casting for that later. Uh, moving along to some sad news, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, Nichelle Nichols, who played uh, Lieutenant Uhura in the original Star Trek, died at 89. This is uh, really sad because obviously I, I grew up on Star Trek. You know, I wasn't, I never hugely watched the uh, the original series, but everyone knows who Lieutenant Uhura is. Like, you know, 
And I believe she was very famous with Captain Kirk for having the first on-screen interracial kiss, if I'm if I'm correct in saying. Yes, yes, she she was uh, ground yeah groundbreaking for her day for sure. Mm. And yeah, so this is coming from theguardian.com. Uh, Nicole's son Kyle Johnson announced her death on Sunday via Facebook. Saying, "I regret to inform you that a great light in the firm, firm, firmament no longer shines for us, as it has for so many years." Nicole's death on Saturday night in Silver City was later confirmed by her agent. Uh, she succumbed to natural causes seven years after so she suffered a stroke. Her light, however, like the ancient galaxies now being seen for the first time, will remain for us and future generations to enjoy, learn from, and draw inspiration. Yeah, so obviously, you know, again, uh, even Joe Biden paid tribute to Nicole saying, you know, she shattered stereotypes and uh, our nation has lost the trailblazer of stage and screen who redefined what's possible for black Americans and women. Um, yeah, and uh, George Takei came out saying his heart was heavy, my eyes shining like the stars are now resting upon uh, my dearest friend, and he would be have been he would more to say on the incomparable trailblazer. So obviously, you know, this is really sad to be honest. And like again, like I watched her in the original series. I remember for her from I believe she was in Star Trek Generations the movie very briefly, but I remember watching the old films of her. I didn't really see her much after that, but I've, again trailblazing actress for the entire time period i believe it was the mm. early 60s that she was uh on screen in that at that point and that wasn't a really big thing back then and she really did set the stage for a lot of things yeah i to be part of the original crew of um star trek uh which do you reckon they knew it would be such a groundbreaking show when they first went on <laughs> went on set that first time like um it's been a hell of must have been a hell of a life um like to people in the street she would have been lieutenant of her their entire life practically which well, is insane it, it's a, so uh, yeah i can't confirm like so i've just read on the uh guardian here so uh she shared one of the first she shared one of the first lip-to-lip interracial kisses on television with co-star william shannon aka captain kirk the kiss of the time was considered forward-looking move on the part of the actors as well as Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry and the network that broadcast show NBC. The episode in question titled Plato's Stepchildren aired in 1968 and was fashioned in a way that gave those involved something of an out from any potential discriminatory backlash. Her and Kirk did not choose the kiss, but were instead made to do so after being inhabited by aliens. Um, Roddenberry had reportedly insisted on an integrated crew for Star Trek Enterprise, a bold move given that interracial marriage was still illegal in 17 U.S. state. Only a year earlier, Variety reported, Sammy Davis Jr. had gone no further than to kiss Nancy, uh, Nancy Sinatra on the cheek on with on moving with Nancy. Gene Roddenberry's message feels that in the t- far future, the 21st century, human diversity would be fully accepted. I mean, to be fair, there's actually a lot of uh, articles about how Star Trek actually predicted a lot of technology nowadays. Um, it's an interesting one. It's did Star Trek predict the technology, or did Star Trek inadvertently create the blueprint for society and technology? Oh like, my God! It's a sci-fi chicken and egg situation. In this it regard. is like flip phones. I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, those little handheld communicators that they have. Like, I'm pretty sure they were. I mean, tablets. They had tablets. I mean, we're looking at a picture yeah. of um, uh, Nicole's sister Lieutenant on her now. She's got a wireless earpiece in talking yeah. yeah it's 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 mad but <laughs> video calls 
yeah. big part of Star Trek, you know. And again, Star Trek was a trailblazing show, still is to this day. Like to be honest, um, I know they recently they've had their first non-binary characters um, in the in the shows and everything, and trans characters in Star Trek Discovery. Great act, great actors, um, and uh, great great storylines going on there. But again, you know, a uh, very uh, sad passing to hear about. Uh, Michelle Nichols and uh, all the love to her family. Um, hopefully, you know they're doing a catch on this side. But she got to eighty nine. That's a good. That's a that's a good number. Mm. That's a good number. If you get to eighty nine, you've won. Obviously, it's sad. It's sad to go by natural causes, but to get to eighty nine is an achievement into itself. And yeah. um, and you know it's a sad passing, but praise her life. Uh, enjoy her life. See all the light that she brought into the world, as mentioned. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll go forward from there. I think, yeah. I think that's the best way to close that out. Right. Moving along, people, uh, outside of the... Um, we're staying in the sci-fi realm onto a bit of a light note now, but we have the Andor Disney Plus TV series coming out on now. It was originally supposed to be August 31st. It is now coming out September 31st. This stars Diego Luna, Stellan Skarsgård. Um, Forrest Whitaker is returning from oh. Rogue One. Oh, cool! Right, okay, that's that's cool. Yes, uh, Mon. Uh, I can't remember the actress's name playing Mon Mothma. Uh, I'll probably. Uh, I'll actually. Actually, I really should bring the wiki up for this. It's probably best to actually do that, isn't it? It's very fair. To, it's very fair to bring up the wiki for the uh, for the Andor TV series. So yeah, uh, that's it. Genevieve O'Reilly is coming back as Mon Mothma, who portrayed Mon Mothma in Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith. So she is actually coming back all these years later to portray the same character. Sending Skarsgård, uh, Adria, Arjona, Denise Gore, Carl Soller, Forrest Whitaker's coming back, Anton Lesser, David Heyman, and a loads of other actors. So mm. again, this show looks brilliant, in my opinion. It, it looks cinematically, looking at this show, it looks very close to how Rogue One was, especially how it was shot, the colour grading. Yeah. Uh, it looks the very most. A lot of the Disney Plus shows have had have had a very on setty look because I think with COVID joining these issues, mm. but this looks like the most on location filming they've done for a show. Yeah, yeah, it looks very filmy. It looks like the films do. And bit of a pop view here. This is the longest show they've got so far. So you've got twelve episodes in season one, which chronicles the first year of this narrative. And then they're doing a second season, only one more season, which is going to be 12 episodes, but it's three episodes a year just before the events of Rogue One. Mm. So I think it's interesting. They've actually planned the, the two seasons out entirely, and we know exactly from start to finish where it is. I think that's sensible, because if you have a situation where they didn't know if they were going to get a second season, then that leads to problematic storytelling, like... You have to plan for a, a bunch of eventualities towards the end of series, season one. Like it rounds it off, but at the same time, it could continue. But this way, you've got a solid story with a you know same amount of time set budget, pre-planned. Uh, it'll it'll be better for it. No, I definitely agree. And like yeah, again, we're just looking at the trailer. People, this does look visually stunning. Like it really yeah. does. Like you know. And also, they have said the first three episodes will premiere on September 31st. So we are getting three of the 12 episodes straight away, and then it's another nine weeks. But this yeah. does remind me of Star Wars Fallen Order, the visuals as well alone. Obviously, Rogue One came first. 
we obviously know where this character's story ends, but to be fair, we did have a prequel of movies where we knew where Darth Vader's story ended as well. So again, I'm really looking forward to this. The thing is, though, we don't know where the other characters in the story will be. Only Forrest Whitaker and Diego Luna we, and Mom Mothma, we only know about those characters, their ending. We don't know about the rest. Again, yeah. I, and also, I'm, I'm looking forward to the political intrigue of this show. Mm. Looking forward to see how that plays out and how the Empire works more. And, you know, seeing that side of this world, the, darty, the, dark, the darker, grittier side of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be in, going a bit deeper into the fabric of the universe. Uh, it, yeah. Again, yeah, just just looks great. Just looks absolutely great. Again, uh, September 31st, the first free, uh, free episode premiere. Looking forward to that. Right. Moving along, people, to the... The show that I'm very confused by, which is Cyberpunk Edge Runners. This yes. is a new show from uh, from CD Projekt Red in conjunction with Netflix, and uh, this this looks very. How can I put? Actually, to be fair, you've actually got some initial uh, conversation points on this, Fergus. So, how about you? Yeah, I have. I have recently seen this trailer. Um, to be honest, I found the trailer a bit confusing as to figuring out what was actually going on. Uh, it does kind of lose me a bit. I was how long was the trailer? Like two minutes long. Lost about me. about two two and a half minutes long. Yeah. yeah, lost me at a minute and a half. I think there's quite a lot going on. My interpretation of this is it looks great. It's um, going to be an interesting story with a lot of different characters and a lot of like intertwining. I think um, as I said the one character, one narrative didn't really come through in the trailer. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of universe to explore um, and a lot of individual characters trying to explore as much of it as possible. Um, yeah, I, I def- will definitely be watching this. Um, I'm not sure how good it's going to be, if I'm honest. I believe it is 10 episodes. I believe it is. T- I believe it is. Uh, if we're looking at the IMDb now, uh, there are okay. 10 episodes uh, I have no idea any of these actors unfortunately uh, voice actors but yeah so the, the premise of the show is a street kid trying to survive in a, in a technology and body modification obsessed city of the future having everything to lose he chooses to stay alive becoming an edge runner a mercenary or also known as a cyberpunk right okay mm. so that premise sounds really interesting but again going from that trailer I I have no, again this it needed more like I want I we're actually getting to this where you know the main topic this week is top five anime and we'll get into this a bit later but I enjoyed Mob Psycho one hundred mm. when I first saw the footage for that I didn't know what the fuck was going on a lot of the yeah. time you know like the trailers for that and had that but when I got into it I actually did understand it quite a bit this I think needs more concise a more concise show you know what's going on I wouldn't have guessed that this is about you know. Obviously, we have a main protagonist, but we don't know he's a edge runner. We don't know like all this stuff and everything. I think that's what's needed yeah. for this trailer. Yeah, it's not introduced the world's. Well, no, it has. It well, it looks good, but then. But we've already seen this world in video game form. Yes, I I would assume most people that would be watching this would have seen, would have played, or watched someone play the game. Uh, possibly not though. I don't know how they would have. Um approached it but uh 
since the game came out so a couple of years it's, ago now. The trailer's too... Again, I understand the whole cyberpunk aspect of, like, you know, you want to be quick with your cuts. But to be fair, though, right, I'm going to take it back to a lot of cyberpunk or, you know, the era of cyberpunk in the 80s. A lot of that stuff wasn't quick. It was it was methodically shot. It was had pay, had great pacing, like Terminator, Blade Runner. It's stuck on shots within within the premise. And mm. I feel like if you have a lot of these gorgeous visuals, it's this is too quick cut for a trailer. It's too much. <laughs> it's, it's too much. It really yeah. is too much. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, you had uh, the Matrix, the Matrix, the Animatrix. Like yeah. that was that was nine short stories. I understand. Granted, those were anthology series, but you kind of understood what was going on in each one. Mm. Love, Love, Death and Robots has a similar issue, to be honest, with with their trailers. They cut, but to be fair though, that's multiple stories. This is this could be multiple stories. I don't know, but supposedly it's just about it's just one story, and it's, I really don't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too much. Yeah, I. So it's basically a gang of kids doing the Street Kid playthrough of Cyberpunk. But it's like, it just it's supposedly follows this one kid, and I'm like, cool, we see him. It doesn't trailer, feel like but... it. No, exactly. Yeah, we see <laughs> we see a gang in the trailer, and the Arasaka Tower is mentioned, and obviously we get we. I do think it's cool that we get the UI from the video game on the screens. I think that's really cool. But outside mm. of that, this trailer just needs to be more concise. We'll, we'll get into the Netflix conversation a little bit later, but yeah i i don't know about this show to be honest i'm gonna watch it we're gonna review it we'll probably review it the weekend it comes out you know yeah we're, we're definitely yeah. doing that people yeah. but yeah. outside of that yeah I, I don't know to be honest we're moment. doing our first three episodes and hoping for the best yeah I, i'll be I'll, I'll watch it all <laughs> i'll watch it, all. it to be fair it's 10 episodes if it's half an hour an episode it's five hours it's easy to watch and we could do a review for that so yeah people right yeah. moving along to a news i'm very happy with Fergus, have you seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, the anime? Uh, yes, yes, I have. Now, do you remember a certain character? Not my cabbages. Oh, good lord! That, ca- that character. Do you remember yeah. him? Yes. He's coming back. Yay! The actor who voiced him is reprising the role in live action. Supposedly, this is coming from oh, Avatar good. News. James uh, say has been cast as the cabbage merchant in the live action Avatar: Last Airbender series. He was the original voice actor of the Cabbage Merchant in the animated series and the Cabbage Merchant's son, the CEO of Cabbage Corp in The Legend of Korra. It's just happy, just, just fun news. I've also yeah. um, heard that Danny Puddy is going to be in uh, Avatar Last Airbender as well. Okay. So you know who Danny Puddy is? He is uh, Abed from uh, Community. Ah, uh, yes. I thought the name was familiar. That's so, good. Yeah, so this this is coming from Screen Rant. Uh, uh, this comes from Screen Rant. The last Airbender reportedly cast Danny Puddy as the role of the, mecha- the, the, me- the mechanist, who's obviously his son is in the wheelchair in the mm. first season. They have the they, they have the uh, the airbending notion where they have like machines to help them fly, and yeah. then he actually creates all the uh, the airships, which I, I believe that's true. Again, love okay. this actor. I think it's really great. It's gonna be in it. It's not hundred percent confirmed. I'm kind of hoping that we get a trailer for this soon because like they've been yeah. filming for quite a while now. And if, the, if we're only hearing casting news now, we must be at least getting a second season. Oh, I would hope so. I mean, the... Um, I mean, they did animated... cancel Cowboy Bebop after one season, which is still hurts me. It's a thing you've heard in previous podcasts, people, but yeah. Yeah, I, the, 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 the animated series has been very popular for some time with quite a main-ish stream Western audience, probably more so than Cowboy Bebop. Was. Oh yeah, very much so. Very much so. so. I think it's got a good backing behind it to 
continue for multiple seasons. Well, Say this well, now, come back it only needs three seasons. It, it was yeah. three books. It, yeah. re- realistically, you could do it in three seasons, maybe four if you wanted to stretch it. Or if you mm. wanted to do the book four that they originally wanted to do, I believe they wanted to do a book four with Zuko, and mm. that's where they turned to the novels. But just don't try to do too much. Do The Witcher. Plan these seasons out, or like you know other animated shows or whatnot. But yeah, Netflix, please, please, dear God, just get this right. Let this be the first live action ad- anime adaptation, video game adaptation that works really well for you. Yeah, please, let's, dear let's God, see. you know, oh, Jesus. Right, moving on, people. Speaking of TV series and ending, the Arrowverse is uh, over, Fergus, pretty much. No, I don't know if I ever saw the Arrowverse. You never watched Arrow or anything like that? No. No, so it turns out that Arrow is ending, started in 2020, this started in 2012, and Mm. now it's ending in 2023, so it'll be 11 years uh, by the time this wraps. Uh, coming from IGN, as reported by the rap executive producer Eric Wallace has announced that the Flash's ninth season will be its last, writing that Barry Allen has reached the starting gates for his last race. So many amazing people have given their talents, time, and love to bring this wonderful show to life each week. Wallace said in a statement. So as we get ready to honor the show's leg- uh, incredible legacy with our final, exciting final chapter, I want to say thank you to our phenomenal cast, writers, producers, and crew over the years who helped make The Flash the show. The Flash is such an unforgettable experience for audiences around the world. Now, I'm hoping, and now it's only going to be 13 episodes, and this actually comes out, finishes just before The Flash movie comes out. So that's an interesting, that's an interesting thing, to be honest. But I'm hoping, so hoping they get Stephen Amell back for the final season. Like, Stephen Amell started off the Arrow versus Arrow. It's only fitting to have him come back, because obviously... Mm. Obviously, you don't know this, but uh, The Flash actually premiered in Arrow first. So it's a backdoor thing. So Barry Allen appeared in an episode of Arrow in the second season, and then it got a show in the third, when it went into its third season. I think it would only be fitting to bring Supergirl and Arrow back, even though he's dead, uh, but an alternate version for the final season. I think that would be the best way to wrap it up. And it's time yeah. travel. He could time travel. Of course he can. Where's The Flash, well, to be fair? He's one of the OG time travelers. Yeah, yeah, you'd hope they'd go all out for, a, for, for tying up something that has been quite so popular and well, has been going on for quite so long. Do you know the whole loop thing with the Flash? It runs around the world, so time goes backwards. No, so do you know how the Flash technically gets his powers in the comic books in one iteration? Mm, no. I so turn. So do you know how he gets his powers originally? So basically, Lightning it's a, strike. Yes. So he's yeah. in his labo- laboratory at the his police station. Lightning hits him, he hits a bunch of chemicals, and that's how he gets his powers. Mm. In the comic books, there's an iteration where the lightning bolt that hit him is Barry Allen from the future. So it's a, it's a closed circuit. Uh, that'd be cool. Yeah, okay. I actually quite like that concept, mm. uh, to be honest. I think it's a nice loop, to be honest. And yeah, again, uh, Grant Gustin, a lot of people have been saying they want Grant Gustin to just take over the the live action flash role, just, just give it to him. But he's been playing this for character for 10 years now, no doubt. He, he probably wants a break and to move on to something else. Yeah. He'll probably I... end up joining the Marvel universe at some point, like every other actor at this point, but who knows? Right. Moving along to Marvel, as I was saying. So it turns out we, uh, they've announced the D23 Expo lineup coming up in uh, August. Sorry, September. So D20, I thought D23 was in August, but it's actually September now. 
uh, same day as the Ubisoft Forward as well, I believe. Oh. Uh, so on the Friday is Marvel Draw Live, uh, drawing Brian Cros- Crosby, Marvel's director of uh, Theme and Entertainment for a real life step by step tour on how to draw um, some Marvel's iconic characters. Oh, okay. uh, so Saturday is what I'm looking forward to because it's not just Marvel. Uh, whole D tw- DT D23 presentation has come from businesswire.com. Saturday, September 10th at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Central Time. That's about 6 p.m., 8, 5, 6 p.m. in the UK. Mm. Uh, as previously announced, filmmakers, celebrity, talent, and surprise guests from Marvel Studios will join Lucasfilm and others on stage at Hall D23 to showcase theatrical and Disney Plus titles going behind the scenes of these studios. Highly anticipated film specials and special attendees will see exclusive footage and be among the first to learn what's going on in the world. All things Star Wars. Star Wars and Marvel. That's yeah. what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm hoping, hoping because if you listen to our last episode, people, we talked about Phase Six. There are seven titles they didn't announce. There was no Deadpool. There was no X Men. There was you know there was no Spider Man. There was none mm. of that. And I'm ho- I bet that's what's going to be announced. We're probably getting those announcements. But Ryan Reynolds is probably going to be there. We we might get the Fantastic Four casting. You never know. It may happen at D23. They'd be pretty interested to do there. Uh, but yeah, Lucasfilm, I know they're currently filming the Jude Law uh, series, a Star Wars TV series. Mm. Um, and we'll probably get more in The Mandalorian Season 3 and maybe Ahsoka um, and whatever Star Wars properties coming up. Hopefully we're going to see more of The Mandalorian Season 3 and if we're going to get a Boba Fett Season 2. So my intrigue is here is though, it's like I'm a bit frustrated with these presentations i understand people go to see these but a lot of people in the world don't have that opportunity they can only really see the trailers later on yeah i think they should do digital passes like you can buy a digital pass to watch the the, the panel i think that would be good yeah no absolutely um there would be a lot of audience for that for sure i was just thinking if it if it if, if e3 summer games fest and gamescom can do it why can't comic-con yeah. and disney or you have to have a Disney Plus subscription to watch it. You know, Disney Plus have a, you know, a live stream event or a recap event. You know, they stream it and then it's put online on Disney Plus. You can watch it. That'd be interesting. I'm, I I have a feeling that this is becoming more common. I can't remember what which expo it is that I was recently looking at, but it had a digital pass option. I'd have to look at my search history to know, figure out which one. But I think it is coming. Like, um, like I mean, vir- virtual panels in themselves. So, well, DC, uh, DC has DC fandom. They're an entire yeah. digital event. It wasn't live. It wasn't you know in person. This is digital. I believe there are rooms that might be another one this year, but it's all the DC announcements coming up. It's two. It's an hour. It's a two hour event. Mm. I remember watching it on my birthday <laughs> at like one o'clock in the morning, and just just all these all these announcements. Why can't we get that? I I'd I'd pay yeah. twenty quid. Like Warcraft, uh, BlizzCon. Yeah, BlizzCon I mean, you, wouldn't as well. to, you wouldn't even need to charge really. Like if you think about it, you want your trailers to be shared. But it's I think it's more I think it's more the the exclusive which they show at the panels that only panel it that people go there to see. But I'm thinking. Yeah, but with, with the way the world's going, and maybe just isn't, this isn't just Disney amount about it's like Comic Con. I'm you know Comic Con tickets are very hard to get for Comic Con in general. I've heard like they're mm. going minutes, like a lot of the time. You're San going Diego. to massive queues. Yeah, San Diego yeah. Comic Con, and people around the world don't get the opportunity. It's very expensive to travel now. 
yeah. you know, make it more cost effective and have these panels live streamed, you know, yeah. and I think it'd be great to do. I'd, I'd pay 20 to 30 quid to have the opportunity to watch all these events live. I'd actually pay that. I think it'd be very, very interesting, to be honest. Mm. I think it is the future. Yeah. Yeah. I hope people adapt. Adaption is definitely needed from the um, IRL Expo community. Most definitely. Most definitely. Right, people. Switching along to another property. Oh, uh, we're, we're, we're wrapping up soon. So it seems they showed the first Gotham Knights gameplay footage from the the first 60 minutes of the game. It starts off with the Bat family in, their, in a group, and you get to decide who gets players. This is from the IGN first look. And it's uh, so this is actually like going through the first 16 minutes. You play as Batgirl. I'm half and half of this, to be honest. Looks interesting. Now, I know this has been developed for Unreal Engine 4. It looks interesting. Looks, I, The animation looks smooth. Like, it looks pretty smooth from, from what we're seeing, like, you know. But I don't know. I'm, I'm just wondering, because obviously we've got Suicide Squad coming out. I'm wondering how this is going to play out. So just, just obviously, we're not, you know, me, myself and Fergus are just looking at us now. But look, just looking at some of the footage, it, it doesn't look next gen. But it could just be that obviously this is 1080p, probably possibly running on PS4, or it's just compressed for YouTube. It could look a, bit, a lot better on console and PC. Yeah, I think so. Um, if you're running a 4K super mega version, I'm sure it'll look a lot better. Um, but I, there is quite a big leap between the Unreal 4 and the Unreal 5 games. Like developing on Unreal 4, when you're going up against games that are coming out on Unreal 5, you are going to look uh, less good. Despite the get, like the game is looking brilliant. There's a lot going on there, and it doesn't look bad. But in comparison to, say, the Matrix's um, ultra-realistic ultra tech demo, it just it's not in the same ballpark. <laughs> it's unfortunate that um, this, yeah, well, there has I to do, happen. I do, I do want to emphasize it's not all about graphics at the end of the day. It's no. nowhere near, none slightest. And I'm going to be buying this day one anyway, because I've bought every Arkham game. I've, I've enjoyed all of them. I've had a bit of gripes with a couple of them, and this is from the same studio that brought us Arkham Origins, which I know people have critiques of that game as well, but hopefully this is different going forward. I don't know. Mm. I just start just thinking, like, looking at, like, the voice acting is very, I don't know, it doesn't feel as smooth, which is, which is mm. a bit frustrating. But again, like, the animations do look great, though. Like, the animations do look really good. Yeah, as long as it's fun, um, right? Like, we want good battling, good exploration, good... And the story is really good. Like Arkham, yeah. Arkham Origins had a really good story. I know they have said that Batman is dead and the Joker is really dead, and I'm very yeah. happy with that. I don't want any of this two thirds way through the story. It was the Joker all along. I'm sick and tired of hearing that story. Like, you yeah, know, went, move went, on from the Joker. Honestly, he has so many other villains, and this is the Court of Owls. Yeah, make it centric. Make it fully centric to the Court of Owls. It's 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 only the best way to go. Mm. It's really only the best way to go. But yeah, no, again, look, really look forward to this, seeing how that plays out. Right, quickly moving along. So uh, one of the last things we're going to be reporting is a uh, studio from which three developers are making an online action game set in Feudal Japan. Uh, the studio is called Dark Passengers, and it's the first game. Uh, the first game doesn't have a name yet, but it's not much to really report on this so far. But they describe a title that sounds like it will borrow elements from games like Titanfall and Absolver. This comes from Edge Guide. And, Ngadget.com 
Dark Passage's first game doesn't have a name yet, but the studio's website provides some details of the project. Ben and Mikowski uh, say they want to create an online multiplayer game that support with support for both cooperative, a uh, competitive and cooperative play. They describe a title that sounds like like it will borrow elements from games like Titanfall and Absolver. A low commercial system will allow players to perform incredible feats, such as running on arrows that were fired by other players, fast climbing on vertical surfaces with the use of sh- shuku claws or using a Yari spear like a pole to jump over obstacles, the series said. Engaging in close combat, range combat, will demand as much dexterity and tactics and close cooperation with teammates. That sounds really interesting, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be um, like a proper real... Not, yeah, like, as it says, so like cooperating between range and melee combat, but like make it very... Yeah, no, I I, I understand. well, so it's not well. Yeah, it could be very interesting, actually. Using arrows um, as platforms to get up from the sounds of it is very like that very, is first, very crouching tiger wushu esque to a degree, actually. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is wushu. I'm thinking the term wushu, correct? The one where they're on um, cranes they fl- and they fly yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah, Again, no, that would be good. But that, that's, Jap- that's Chinese, I believe, not Japanese. So I don't know the exact word for the Japanese version. I don't want to uh, offend anyone by saying it. It's just why I'm thinking by, you know, that sort of style. So, yeah. It does kind of sound like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, most, most definitely, most definitely. But yeah, so people, that is that is it for the news section. Right, uh, we didn't really have many, much for games this week. Uh, it seems that games were a bit light on the news this week. Going off of that, though... Um, I want to thank everyone for joining us for the news section. We're going to be getting into the after the ad break. We're going to be getting to the top our top five anime choices and how we feel about each of them. Uh, we'll probably be doing some honorable mentions as well. Definitely some interesting choices between the both of us. Uh, looking out for some interesting animatics between uh, going forward when we in the YouTube version of the show. But yeah, right. We're we're going to take a quick break, people. The ad, but we'll be right back after this. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank, codename Majestic Vole, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama. A Spy's Tale, a short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. And welcome back, people. Obviously, go check out James's book, Confused Llama, A Spy's Tale on Amazon and Kindle, voiced by the lovely Doug in the advert there. Right, people, it's time for one of our lovely topics. You know, we usually get into the topic of debate or we have a top list or our personal top list. And this week, obviously, we've had a bit of VTubing in the past, and what an episode that was. It was a, an interesting episode, to say the least. I know Fergus was just loving doing that episode. He's been wanting to do that for quite a while. And this is another episode that he's been wanting to do for quite a while, to be honest. Uh, he has been wanting to do anime movies, but I have had to say to him before, I'm very non-nerdy, non-geeky in that sense. I've not actually seen that many anime movies. It classes anime. We'll get to that in a second. So we decided to just fall on our top, our personal top five animes that we've, we we always enjoy. So I do have to ask there, Fergus, we, we mentioned this in the news section. Mm. Without, without looking at the actual definition, 
What do you class as an anime? Um, Japanese-based animation story, CV series, um, movie often goes into games as well. Um, I would, I would still class like I'm probably a bit old school in still classing it as exclusively Japanese because I know the more animation studios are doing the same thing and are opening in South Korea, in China. I know the West is trying to do more as well. Actually, um, I'm st- I, personally I'm sticking with the Japanese because um, well the voice acting. You um, traditionalist! How dare you! I know it's 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 an ongoing argument in the community. Um, I think it's fairly split now because a, a lot of good shows have come out, of, for instance, China, and it's quite hard to tell the difference. Um, so yeah, yeah, I do have to say, like you know, because in Japan, anime is literally just animation. Yeah, but in the West, we've adopted that as to be well, well, more more culturally, anime is seen as Japanese animation. Yeah, but, which it is. I mean. Culturally speaking, it doesn't sometimes translate very well. The question is, though, right? The question is, okay, right. So this is the reason why my list is actually a little bit difficult. Because I, I, I did, I did want to put a couple of anime on there, which basically I thought were anime, but they're not classed as anime. So we'll get into honorable mentions in a minute. But Avatar: The Last Airbender, I, I wanted to put on there because you know it's based in Asian culture. And it, it's in stylized in anime. It is, it is, you know, but it's a Western anime. Yes. Right? Yeah, it, it, that's very much in the grey area, I think, Last Airbender. Um, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Like, it, its original voice acting cast is in English. But it was animated in Asia. Yes. It is a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's, I think that Last Airbender very much straddles a line with that one. Um, it both is and isn't anime. I, mean, I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to class. I would personally really hugely like to class as anime. To be honest, I think, I think that's yeah. the best way. I think that is the best way to go about it. To be honest, I, I think it's anime. I think, I think like at the end of the day, if it looks like anime, if it if if it walks like anime, it talks like if it's a duck. If it, if it walks like dust, if it quacks like a duck, it's it's anime. That's how I'm gonna say it, basically, and. I don't care what any of you say. Avatar: The Last Airbender is an anime. Come at me. Actually, don't don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. But yeah, people. Right. So again, I knew I knew you were going to go the line of Japanese traditionalist in that sense. I I'm more I'm more fluid to that degree. I can I can accept animes outside of Japanese, you know, traditional Japanese anime. So yeah. But right. So. What we're going to be doing is, people, if you've been with us for many episodes, we're going to be going through a lovely honourable mentions list. Not not many. We won't be uh, diving into these too much. And then we'll be getting into our top fives. For me, it's a top five. For Fergus, it's more the anime he's chosen all pretty much 10 out of 10s across the board for him. So it's more of a just a preference choice of which one he goes through. So we're mm. going to be doing it that way, as you've seen in previous episodes, which we generally tend to do that. So I know Chaz did this to me before and I did this to him, but Fergus... Do you want to give us your honourable mentions quickly? Honourable mentions. Uh, there are so many to even... <sighs> Death Note, I'm going to give a honourable mention to. I have given it a 10 out of 10, but it is going to be basically everyone's 10 out of 10, so I wanted to leave room to talk about some stuff that you may not have heard of already. Uh, let's see. Uh, laid Back Camp. Uh, it's an interesting one. It's um, yeah, 
uh, anime girls go camping uh, often in the winter um in places of interest in japan they're all real places and they're all real campsites and it does also teach you survival techniques of how to not to freeze to death how to light a fire this sort of thing uh, i watched this primarily during lockdown as i wasn't able to go outside and do these things myself um it looks stunning it looks stunning there's a um, full, full like, mount feature fuji, film yeah. yeah there's a lot of mount fuji they do like mount fuji i think the full length feature film has recently been released and there is a vr game experience where you could go camping in vr with the anime girls of course of course <laughs> there is it's 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 something it's something um what else uh Again, a movie, so it didn't qualify for the lit. No, it's a TV series. Movie's coming later. Odd Taxi, if you've not seen it already. Um, oh, I have seen images of this. I have this, specifically this character. Yeah, Taxi Driving Walrus, I think I'm right in saying. Um, gets involved in Tokyo-based intrigue. Um, you just sort of roll around meeting interesting characters, but they're all somehow connected and it's all a bit mysterious and there's a mystery to solve and this sort of thing. So I'd very much recommend that as well. Um, I think it's on Netflix now. Quite a lot of stuff is on Netflix. Um, I mean, to be fair, uh, you could just get on Crunchyroll because it is cheaper in the UK now, which I thought was odd for them to do. Yeah, I know, actually. There's so much on there now. Uh, and you can stream it through your Switch if you've got a, yep. a Switch. You can bypass your smart TV. Uh, final honourable mention, the Monogatari series. Now, there's a lot of this, uh, like back, back in Monogatari and several others, but absolutely beautiful. Very interesting, very Japanese stories, often involving like Shinto spirits and this sort of thing. Um it can be quite hard to follow because um, the writing and the sense of humor is very word based. And of course, it's like it is originally Japanese, so it's not all come across particularly well. But it is it is definitely worth a look if you're up for a bit of a wordy challenge, <laughs> admittedly. But um, I think that I'll leave that as honorable mentions because the rest will be just mentions. <laughs> Listen, before we get into my other mentions, because I'm going to talk about these briefly. Uh, so, is there any anime that you've like? Let, let's let's keep a very short list. But is there any anime that you've tried to watch that you just couldn't get into? Yeah, uh, controversially, Attack on Titan. Oh, we'll get that um, a bit later for myself, actually. Yeah, I I, I don't know what it like the giant. I don't know what it was, but I, I couldn't stand watching the giants and then the whole eating thing them eating people and i i don't know it just really turned me off i know it's a really good well-renowned series but um i've really struggled to get into it uh same with jojo as well actually i have really tried with jojo but um i've not got beyond the first series it's uh, again just something about it has really turned me off fair enough well then so right so what we'll do is i'll go through the animes that i've tried and then uh the honorable mentions for myself. So we're going to start with an anime that I tried. I tried the anime Devilman Crybaby. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, I believe this was the one on Netflix. Yes, I've and seen this. I tried so hard to watch this anime, like so hard. And it just, it, it was just, it was just too much. It, it was just like, 
it was just yeah. too it was, there was just too much going on in it and i i'm i'm a very tame when it comes to uh anime to a degree but there was a point where like it got very very weird and odd and very fucked up like really fucked up to a degree and i i just couldn't watch it and i i kind of frustrated because there was an intriguing concept there but i just couldn't do it the next one is the starship troopers anime from 1986 so the anime itself uh was uh i believe it's only like six episodes long so i'm just basically people were streaming it now but it was uh, six episodes long and this is actually a, a more adaptation so so it's a 1988 anime japanese anime uh, the uh, was it was never released on DVD. It's only available sort of on Laserdisc transcription. Has been accumulated wow. errors and defects. Yeah, this is just going basically. YouTube is. <laughs> I saw this on YouTube. Uh, decided to fan sub the series, so basically, you know, can they can enjoy the series on there. But again, mm. this is like very old school anime yeah. style. And looking at the actual series itself, it's very like it does follow. Like the old school concepts quite a bit because obviously Starship Troopers, as I mentioned before in previous podcast episodes, is heavily basis for a lot of Japanese anime today. So it's interesting that, like you know, a lot of the mechs Gundam is based off of mm. Starship Troopers. So it's interesting to see an anime based on Starship Troopers not do that well, supposedly, or not being able to get it, which I think is very interesting. And it didn't continue on. Obviously, well, we've had adaptation since, but yeah, um, the anime scene in the eighties is very different to how it is now like um japan made anime for japan never really thought about exporting it never really thought about localizing it i think the only the major breakthrough that changed this was the um akira i'd say like yes the akira movie and even uh, then and that, it was more cult to that time period yeah absolutely i mean even when i was what 15 16 17 just getting hold of manga was very hard mm-hmm. like or just the latest anime series like um even in japan anime wasn't very big in the 80s so the anime that did get made was all of it was effectively a blueprint for what came next um and the reason it didn't do well is because it just wasn't as big a, a phenomenon as it is now so that's yeah, that that's fair dude, to be honest, right? So moving quickly, wrap my mind up. Uh, a couple more is uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, I tried, you know, I I did actually watch about eighteen, nineteen episodes of this, but I just never, I never continued. And I know the movie hasn't stupidly well financially. I believe I believe the movie yeah. did stupidly well. Like I believe it is, I know Dragon Ball had the highest rating at one point. I believe or my or my hero did, or was it or was it Demon Slayer? It was one of those three. And I don't know if Jujutsu Kaisen beat those if a box office, but again, lovely, interesting concept for a show. I just, I think I just dropped off. I guess like there's only like a limit to a certain anime I can watch. And I think at the time it was just seeing such a different, such a difference between the narratives. I can only focus on one at a time. Lovely concept of a show. I'll probably go back to it at some point after it's been on for a bit longer. I'll probably give that a watch, but yeah, that's a, that's another one. Uh, the final one I want to talk about is uh, Code Geass. So uh, a couple of reaction channels I watched. This is um, this was a very interesting show. I don't know what the hell was going on half the time, but again, it, it looked like an interesting concept. But I just I, I don't know. I just could not get into it. I, I don't know what it was, and it was a very dark. I heard it was very actually a very dark show, 
to actually get into like the lock, the lock, and all that stuff. And yeah, again, I don't know if yeah. I've seen Code Geass actually. Ferguson, oh wow, I found an anime that Fergus has never heard of before. So I've heard of it, I've just not seen it. Like, I've not watched a huge amount of the mech stuff. Code Even Gundam, I wasn't hugely into growing up. I loved the concept, mm-hmm. but you know, but yeah. Again, honestly, like this, this is an interesting concept. But yeah, no, that's a that's my final anime I tried. My honorable mentions for me, we're going to quickly run through these. Is uh, I've got to mention Pokemon. Pokemon, oh. has Pokemon has got to be mentioned straight yes. away because that that is that is pretty much everyone's intro anime in the West. That you know, a lot of us back in the day wouldn't have even thought of that as as an anime, but because it was just mm. you know a kids' TV show on in the mornings. Uh, obviously, the other one. If I'm going to talk about Pokemon, what's the other one I have to talk about at that time period? We're talking Digimon. Damn right we are. <laughs> Good old Digimon. The first time I ever heard of the song uh, "Kids in America" in the Digimon the movie, mm. which was epic. Also, I got to give Pokemon credit. That's the first time I ever properly cried at an animated movie. Like, is this at, the, at, the first movie with the crying? Yeah, Ketch- of course it was. Yeah, Ash Ketchum yeah. bit. Yeah, of course yeah, it was. Yeah. Like. It was yeah. ridiculous, and I was I was very young when that came out. But you know, and obviously you got the Mew card as well when you went to go see it, which was mm. awesome. But I I just love that. I just love that series. It's still going today. I could not name the nine hundred Pokemon that there are now. But again, like awesome. Uh, another anime I wanted to put on there, but I, I just you know couldn't was, was Avatar: The Last Airbender. But we've already spoke about that. Uh, so quickly round these up. Uh, Demon Slayer, I did want to put on my top five. I did really enjoy the first season. I thought the animation in the first season was just stunning. Like, absolutely stunning. Yeah. But when it came to when it came to the movie, I thought the first half of the movie was quite slow. And then it sort of like sped up from there. Again, this show is visually stunning. Like stupidly visually stunning. But outside of that. Like, I don't know. And also, when they did the second season, half of the second season was just the movie cut. Yeah. Which I yeah. thought was weird. We waited so long for the second season and just did that. So I'm probably going to go back to it eventually. And I know the manga's finished now, and they actually did have an ending. Mm. I had had one of those controversial endings, but again, like, we'll see how that plays out. Right. Uh, finishing up, Mob Psycho 100. I did mention that earlier. Four was a brilliant show. Animation was amazing. Uh, I didn't know what was going on half the time, but I did kind of follow along with it. Uh, One Punch Man, obviously got to mention that. Thought the first season was brilliant. Dropped off on the second. Attack on Titan, I did mention. Uh, I'm with you. I I actually did quite enjoy the first few seasons. Obviously, everyone loves the first you know intro song to that show. Everyone knew that intro song, uh, but I just dropped off. And um, I'll probably watch it when it eventually comes out. In this this Christmas, like a winter 2022. The final one, because obviously the creator recently passed away during the Pokemon Digimon area, is Yu Gi Oh! Mm. You know, it's time to duel. Again, you know, I had no concept in how to play any of these card games, Pokemon Digimon or, you know, Yu Gi Oh! But Yu Gi Oh! was just such an interesting concept. And yeah, I really enjoyed that. So yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Right. So we're going to get into our top five now. We'll probably speed through these because obviously we went through the anime with the uh I'll mention quite a bit. But right, so Fergus, do you wanna give me your Hello. well, so basically I say my number five, but your 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 inconsequential number five, essentially your your non specific number five. I think yeah. Yeah, this is this is coming in at five. It's also coming in probably quite hard. Like this is a series that uh 
has kind of stuck with me probably for yeah so magical girl sight um so especially in uh modern era magical girl animes tend to be quite uh horror filled and gore filled to sort of juxtapose the whole cutesy image side of things so yeah, we're basically looking at a YouTube video analysis. The final content may contain topics related to suicide. <laughs> yeah, suicide, that sounds suicide, right. And self-harm. It, it, it is and really it brutal. And it won't even let me play it. No. no. Wow, that won't actually let me play this. Yeah. I So the main that, character is... I don't expect that. Sorry, I did, I did not expect. I've never yeah. seen that on YouTube before. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And then oh now we're going to make a content order. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No. We're basically, there, there is a. I'm not going to go through all of these because I can't really say. But non-exhaustive content warning: blood, gore, profanity, partial nudity, general graphic violence, bullying, domestic abuse, self-harm, depression, suicide. Cat. Oh God. Right. I'm going to have to stop there. Okay. Right. You continue yeah. on. We'll. Uh... Yeah. Well, I'll. 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 I'll try and uh, make it. Yeah. As yeah. lean as possible. As lean as possible. <laughs> Basically, main character, bullied terribly at school, bullied terribly at home, um, trying to make some sort of life for herself, but frankly, everything is going against her. Um, She happens upon a mysterious website called Magical Girl Site, uh, which is a site that is promising to give her magical girl powers so she'll get a weapon that she'll be able to help the world using the power of love and friendship and all this sort of stuff. And she gets introduced to other magical girls who have also used this site. Catch with a weapon, uh, every use uses some of her life force. So she's got a reduced lifespan because of this, um, but it gets her out of the shit that she's in beforehand. Um... Yeah, so they, they end up, um, it basically turns into a battle royale against all the other magical girls who were their friends. Um, and they have to they have to be, basically whittle it down to one because there's some event called the Tempest coming that's never really explained as to what it is. And there has to be one mega magical girl at the end to deal with this. I mean, it's not especially well explained. It's kind of more about the friendships and the battling along the way but um as as noted at the beginning it is very brutal uh it's very r-rated um but in like a brutal way rather than anything else but i it has it has definitely stuck with me like um yeah Honestly, yeah it's um like when 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 you said like you know go a magical site jesus christ sorry people it's really people. bad bullying yeah. yeah and it's depicted so i mean like of the warnings for this one but it does need to be mentioned because it is especially of this specific genre which is pretty specific to be fair it is it is out there i think i think like you know when it comes to like this sort of anime i, I just can't watch it no I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I, i'm more into yeah. my like we'll get into well you'll know my genre of like anime when we get to it but you know just looking at this show it, it, it it's, it's quite dark it yeah is- no absolutely and when you mentioned like going to a website to get this magic card, I automatically thought of Death Note. Like, it has a similar concept. Um, Death Note been able to like, yeah, you know... yeah, yeah. I yeah, it's it's not far off. Um, but then it turns into a battle royale, which is definitely I guess not so. a Death Note. Yes, imagine if like six people had a Death Note. 
so well kind of but all the powers are different so like one is a gun that makes people teleport somewhere um one is a switchblade that makes people heal like they're all a bit counter oh and um yeah there's the uh there's a strange alien i want to say alien humanoid robot species that are sort of maintaining the whole thing who are kind of like the website admins um that the anim it's my watch it but also extremely caution approach uh it, this I, this is not an anime for kids by the way Literally, no absolutely no. not no i think i watched this on amazon i think it's still there uh okay. this is definitely not the most messed up anime i've watched on amazon i have to say but um we're not talking about the other one <laughs> all right then. fuck me <laughs> I think this is well bad. then well <laughs> then okay then right so we're going from basically i've never been onto youtube and it's tommy i cannot watch your video because the video is still on youtube yeah i I couldn't even watch it which is weird and for me i i'm going in the completely opposite direction now oh i'm going to well actually to be fair like this is yeah um so my number five is the rising of the shield hero it is an anime uh based about enough uh, Nafumi Iwatani uh, needs to go into a Japanese youth, gets summoned to a parallel world with three other guys. Uh, it's basically a video game world. They get summoned to a video game world, essentially. Um, but the, the interesting thing is, the four heroes that get taken to this world, they all get assigned a weapon, a sword, a spear, a bow, and a shield. The problem is, though, these characters cannot pick up a weapon of another type. So interesting for the other three guys, but for the shield hero... He cannot pick up any weapon. It just disappears mm. automatically from his hands. So he has to like have people fight for him. Uh, mm. Demi, Demi, uh, uh, Demi humans, as they're called. Um, and like he can t- basically when he levels up, it's like a video game. He can level up. He could get any new skills. I don't want to go into too much detail with the shields because it's a really interesting concept with like upgrading like the shield and everything. But as, like, obviously. With all anime, there's a demon element, you know, that kind of kind of comes into it. And again, this is just um, this is just really interesting show. I watched this like a few years ago. The first season came out three years ago, I want to say. Uh, Billy Kravitz, I believe you, the the voice actor who passed away recently, he voiced uh, Nafumi in the first season. Obviously, he passed away unfortunately. Uh, condolences to his family. Um, but yeah, no, this, this was just a brilliant. It is it is just a brilliant show. The anime was renewed for two seasons as well, right away. And it has like some interesting concepts. It has every um, it actually has a slight tie to Final Fantasy to a degree. One of the characters is like a almost like human slash chocobo, like a chunky chocobo, which is <laughs> chocobo, how you want to pronounce it. It's just very funny. And yeah. this is on Crunchyroll with English dub, and the um, and this is actually one of those English dubs that I think works really well because I know a lot of people don't like English dubbing. I'm all for it to be honest. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, I'm this type of person that likes to sort of watch things and listen at the same time, so I can't really read anime uh, dialogue. And then I, I like watching the visuals. That's how I am. Mm. Yeah. But when it when yeah. it comes to this anime, I highly recommend it. It's visually stunning. Like basically, in the first episode, he gets accused of a very bad act against a woman, and the whole the whole first season is about him trying to clear his name, pretty much, or not not clear his name, but the entire world thinks he is that type of person. But actually, he's been, he's not, he, he was innocent, but this woman did it on purpose to get all the money from him and to, you know, basically the shield hero sin is a, a pariah in that world. There's a, this whole free, a free hero cardinal system and 
yeah, there's a very religious aspect to the, there's a religious aspect to the show as well that plays out. It's um it's very very interesting. And also, the characters who are his weapons are his slaves. He has to have them as slaves. Yeah, and they're tied to him through blood. And if they don't listen to him, they get punished. Like um, ele- electronically zapped, punished wise. Interesting concept, but. When you think that you think he's bad, no, it's not though. It's 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 a very interesting concept and it goes into the show and I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. That's that is my that is my number five. Mm. That's that's the rising of the shield hero. Season two has finished now in the Japanese dub and it's believed it's finishing either it's just finished or it's finishing very soon in the English dub, season two. It's half mm. the amount of episodes, only thirteen episodes, I believe, but mm. uh so I, I believe season three will come a lot quicker. Right, Fergus yeah. go. Let's go on to your next one. Next up, we have something that's uh, a lot more wholesome, to be honest. Um, Yay! A Place Further Than the Universe. Uh, it's animated by Madhouse, which is quite a well-respected uh, uh, animation studio in Japan. Um, this is adventure, comedy, drama. So I think... Um, so it's this girl's dream to, you know, travel the world... Um, but she doesn't have any money. It doesn't really work out. So she ends up back at school where she then re um, organizes herself to organize, to get on a trip to the Arctic. Um, she ends up meeting a, um, I guess could be called an influencer who effectively ends up paying for the whole thing because they're bringing along um, like a film crew. So come meet these people that were going to go to the japanese ice station um one of the here her mother was a um, an explorer who went missing there uh that's something that gets resolved but it's um in general a really really sweet story about people finding friendship and traveling the world and taking on a big expedition to see the arctic um with uh, some research scientists uh it's really really good like just like emotionally like you really feel for the characters you really get to understand them it's an interesting journey a lot of interesting stuff happens um yeah just really sweet really it does it visually looks really nice as well like just aesthetics wise you know when it comes to the actual environments themselves how it's drawn out it does look really fun to be honest yeah, no, I absolutely recommend it. Um, they end up in a few bunch of other places along the way as well. It's not all snow and ice, um, but uh, it's a lot of interesting characters, very well animated. Um, definitely give it a shot. Nice. Well, thank you very much. Right, going on to my number four. It is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So <laughs> not the not the original Full Metal Alchemist, but their Full Metal yeah. Alchemist Brotherhood. So obviously this is. Um, about brothers Edward and Alphonse Alric, uh, raised by the mother Trisha Alric in the remote village of uh, Rosembol in country Amistris. Uh, and obviously, the you know parents die early on, and then uh, Edward tries to perform an act to bring someone back, doesn't work, and it turns out his brother is then uh, he loses an arm and a leg, and his brother just loses an entire body, and his soul is transferred into a big metal suit. Uh, obviously, has other characters such as Roy Mustang, Winry, and it has the Seven Deadly Sins as well. I believe it is the Seven Sins. I believe it's that come. It's been it's been a few years since I watched it now, but uh, yeah, envy, greed, lust, wrath. Yeah, so some of the mm. sins. Um, they have done live actions of this. I haven't watched it. I've heard it was not really good though. Yeah, and they are releasing two more, which is interesting. 
I love the show. A fr- uh, actually, Jordan Jordan was actually the one that recommended to us. Jordan on the show was the one that recommended this to me. He really does enjoy this uh, anime as well. For me, it was a case of I was going through a bit of a tough time uh, uh, during this time period, and I was recommended this show, and I watched uh, an episode called Psych and Monk. I think a lot of people know that show. Uh, Dragon Ball Super was another one, which getting that into a little bit. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> uh, but this this was a show I'd never seen before. I've heard of it, and I just decided, you know, I'll give it a go. The fact it was only like 60, 60, 64 episodes in total, which I had in, you know, begin to end story, it was just stunning. It was just stunning. And I thought the the move, the, the show was very visually captivating. The narrative was captivating. I was traumatized by the Earth Word uh, episode with the dog and the girl. And that was, I did not see that episode coming. Uh, I was a bit sad with one of the characters. Uh, I'm not going to mention the character's names quite early on, who uh, unfortunately passes away. But yeah, I love the fact that this show, obviously there was the original version, which divulged from the manga quite a bit, but I believe this anime was the one that stuck to the manga pretty much, you know, it was almost one for one, essentially. I believe that was the case. I loved this. I thought it was amazing. It's my, it's The reason this is at my number four is because Rising of the Show is my number five because I just really enjoyed it. This is my number four because it did really get me through a tough time, and it did. I think it has the nostalgia for that reason. It was really, it was really visually stunning. The story was really nice. The next three uh, are more nest- massive nostalgia factors and more my intros into the world, and also one of them I just think's stupendous. But yeah, this is about my number four. Uh, for my Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, also, a, a YouTube channel I watched react to the show, and I that, and that's the reason why I binged the show in like one sitting when it was on netflix i believe i don't know if it's still on netflix and might be on crunchyroll now but yeah yeah, that's my number four awesome i've read quite a lot of the banger of full metal alchemist i've not actually got around to watching the anime oh the anime is so good and and because it's only 64 episodes i know Mm. it's only only 64 episodes but because it's it's just like start to finish make a week of it you wouldn't regret it yeah no No, absolutely not at all awesome um me next at number three this is again back to horror, uh, but this this is an in, again a really interesting one. Uh, school live. Um, so, basic premise is zombie apocalypse. Um, girls trapped in a school, uh, surviving the best they can because um, as the situation deteriorates and they come to terms with quite how bad the situation is. But you wouldn't know this watching from the first episode because it introduces itself as like um slice of life happy cute girls do things at school like a stay at school survival club there's no indication that there's zombies um it's later revealed that the girl with the hats the pit within pink hair uh spoiler is <laughs> has um basically suffered some kind of psychosis and as far as she's concerned, the the uh, slice of life version of reality is her version of reality. Um, you get catch glimpses of this, but for everyone else, they are avoiding uh, being eaten by zombies in this well, high school. So, which is a, again a really interesting kind of juxtaposition of um, things going on there. Uh, but it, again, it's one of these ones that's really stuck with me for. A variety of reasons like again r-rated but that's more zombie based gore rather than just actual trauma apart from the one character i guess 
Um, but it is very interesting, like explore again, exploring how people, especially mm. quite mentally vulnerable people, would deal with a full-on zombie apocalypse. <laughs> because I think it does deal with it quite realistically. None of the characters cope particularly well. Um, so, from what you're saying, is the zombie apocalypse happens, and she. So I'm presuming she has a psychotic break as a coping mechanism for what's going on. Yeah, she still attends classes. She still thinks the teachers are there. Like, they have to work around this because <laughs> it's not going any other way. It's, it's, it's quite, it is quite something to watch. It is just uh, one limited series, I think. Uh, 12 episodes, 24 minutes each. Uh, but definitely well worth the time. I'm pretty sure it's on Crunchyroll. Um, yeah, definitely worth a watch if you're into I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling this does have a happy ending. Uh, eh. Okay. I it, it, they, like, I mean, spoiler: they don't all die immediately. Okay. Probably. Well, we won't. We won't spoil it too much after <laughs> that because people might want to go watch it. But yeah, no, looks interesting. Looks looks. Uh, I I do I do think that's an interesting concept. Like you know the whole coping mechanism in regards to that. I think it's a uh, thing. It's really fun to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You you want to continue? Uh no 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 I'm good. What is your number three, Nate? My number three is a little show with a song called Bluebird in it. It's uh, not just one show; it's a series, and that is the Naruto series in general. I can't I can't uh, put good. yeah 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 I can't put you know like one above the other. To be honest, I think it's a case of like. Naruto and Naruto Shippuden are just uh, and things in general. Like I broke my ankle when I was sixteen, and my friends said I'd never watched Japanese dub before or Japanese a Japanese dub before. Hmm. And my mate said to me, "Well, you can't really do much. Give this a watch." So I was, "I'll give it a few episodes." And this was the show when I finally understood the concept of filler. Like even yeah. though I'd watched Dragon Ball Z for so many years, this was the show that which I finally understood the concept of filler. Now, don't get me wrong, I ended up watching 220 episodes of Naruto and, like, 50 episodes of Shippuden in two weeks, which is insane. But I couldn't move, so I just decided to watch it. I wasn't disappointed. I thought it was absolutely a brilliant show. I thought it was a really interesting concept. Obviously, you know, (laughs) sending kids off as ninjas to fight. I thought that was a very, very interesting way to go about it. Obviously, it takes on the, you know, Japanese trope of, you know the main character shunned by society and has to fight to progress and whatnot, or, you know, he's weak at the beginning, he wants to be the ultimate character at the end. But this show, I don't know, it just had an evolving story with the characters, because obviously he yeah, has this close-knit group with like Sasuke, Sakura, uh, um, and Naruto, um, you know. And, it had, and also had some really interesting concepts with like side characters as well. Like side characters had their own stories and own evolutions within the show. Like Hinata, who became like the, you know, the eventual love interest of Naruto in the show, had this entire, like, you know, now to win itself. And obviously you had the, te- the, the Tailed Beast saga and Orochimaru back in the day. And, you know, going back to it now and, and hearing, believe it, and all that, you know, all those lines back in like 2000 and, you know, 2002, 2000, or 2006, around that time period, was was a thing but you know hearing it now like watching it watching back now I, I i wouldn't regret watching this again maybe i'll you know try and figure out which parts didn't have the filler and i'll rewatch it because i never i never finished shepherd i got to the uh, fourth ninja war 
with the ten-tailed beast appearing. But I was I actually stopped after that, so I never saw the final fight between Naruto and Sasuke. I know which they did have. Um, and uh, how much Baruto? Now Baruto is interesting, which is like it's really interesting. C- can you guess who Baruto is? Uh, oh, I should really know this. Um, I mean, the name pretty much gives it away. Naruto's son's cousin's brother's nephew. Are you taking that from Spaceballs by any chance? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I actually saw that meme. I literally saw that meme yesterday. No, yeah, it is actually some. But I'm thinking, well, that's a very original name concept. Naruto, Baruto. Like, Same family gonna, line, isn't it? Yeah, they're going to call it like Veruto. But that might sound like a Veruto too close, I don't know. But to be fair, we have, you know, characters named after vegetables in a bit. But again, like the beginning of that show actually starts having a flash forward with like, like tattoos, like lit, lit up tattoos on their face on this, like the destroyed hidden leaf village. Mm. And I thought it was a really interesting idea, but obviously it goes back in time. So I might go back and rewatch Naruto. God, with like the, how many episodes it ha- bloody had. It's, it's actually ridiculous. Okay, so yeah, Shippuden had 500 episodes. So maybe I'll try to figure out a way to, it's it's not as much as One Piece, but uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's close. You need several lifetimes to get through all of these yeah no pretty much yeah you will or, or you know you need to take a um what you call a sabbatical just to be able to get through them but again like the one thing i did love about the show with the fights was whereas with dragon ball later on which we we do understand it was just very quick cut fights you know it was there was the repeating of the um the repeating of the animations to a degree to save time but with naruto all the fight all the moves seemed like legitimate like every mm. every action seemed like it had consequence and like you know the correct flow to it and i really i really you know i, I just think it flowed really well i thought it was, I thought it was a great concept so that is why it's my number three mm. awesome classic show there absolute classic not that i've seen i've seen a bit of it but not like also another character who's dressed in orange and with yellow hair <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Um, we're on to number twos now, aren't we? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, there's okay. Going in number two, Toradora. You might have seen this on Netflix. Um, it is a drama romance sort of thing. Um, it's noteworthy because of the main love interest. She is extremely tsundere, Uh so very aggressive shy not really wanting to show that she actually likes the main character but then obviously really does and like he looks after her and then she goes off on one and i it's just a really wholesome cute show where you know there's a bit of casual smacking around because you know cinderace i guess um yeah just really enjoyable um probably because i enjoyed the cinderace trope to be honest uh, more than anything um but if you're into that kind of style of character it is a very good example of that fair enough thank you very much is, is that is that anything more anything more you want to say about that we'll say it's only 25 episodes it's on netflix i'm pretty sure it is pretty popular um so you'll either love or hate the main love interest because she is how she is but um watch a trailer see what you think if you're into that sort of thing i think you'll really enjoy it why thank you very much then fergus i might have to give that a go right my number two because obviously i've gone on the screen now but my now my number two is my hero academia this is gonna this is uh, mm. I, I don't know like i 
I was recommending this show by a friend. Um, obviously, this has the concept of like you know the kid uh, gaining powers, which I thought was very interesting. You know, he was in a power. Obviously, it's about Izuku Midoriya in a world of uh, superheroes or quirk quirk based heroes or power people. Eighty percent of the world has powers, twenty percent don't, and they're called quirkless. He is uh, he is born quirkless, and then he uh, gains the ability, gains the powers from the mighty super in the world, All Might. Uh, and I love the concept of this show, the fact that with with loads of animes, it's a case that the character just constantly gets stronger with no real ramifications to it. The reason I love this show is because this character gets seriously injured, like massively injured. He when his because his body isn't built for this um this power, his his body can't take the pressure of the strength. So his bones will break he'll 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 be broken he'll and he'll have he'll have permanent injuries and scars continuing on into the series and then later down the line whereas his hero used uh fists to fight because his arms were too damaged he had to adapt to use his legs so because his legs were stronger and you know they're the bigger muscles going into that and i think it's just a i think it's just a really really interesting concept in how it like you know how it plays into that. The first season, going back to it now, the animation isn't perfect, like actually rewatching it now. But as we go along, like looking, like there's a famous uh, episode with uh, Deku, who is Izuku Midori, but his, his superhero name is Deku, against, um, against Shoto Todoroki, who is a half fire, half ice character. His dad is the second best, who's an asshole at the beginning endeavor. And I don't know, like there's just this fight scene between the characters where the visuals are just like visually stunning. Like I don't know, it's in the second season, and just the actual fight between these characters. This was the episode where I think it finally showed how amazing this show actually goes in regards to visuals. This this is when the animation started to really leap bounds for me, to be honest. And I think it just became stunning, and the music as well. Like the the actual music they have for this show is just visually incredible. And they've had three movies for this. Two of them. What I like about this uh, show is when it comes to anime movies, they don't always link to the anime. Like it's like, you know, a set story that's not within the timeline. The first two of these movies do actually play within the timeline at certain points. Whereas the third movie is its own story, which I was actually fine with. Again, like the main hero, uh, All Might, he is a character who is losing his powers. As he 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 fought like this all time evil, basically the, the the massive Darth Vader of that universe. But he uh, can only keep his uh, super reform for a certain limited amount of time a day. So he's he has to transfer his power, give his powers to the. It's a line. It's a line of succession. And I don't know. I just I just think it's such a, a stunning show because obviously this actually goes into the Avatar concept of like you know in Avatar the TV show he's able to recall the previous avatars. In this show, there is an idea of like being able to recall the previous, like you know, one for all use. Also, it goes into the concept of the musketeers. Um, their main superior's power is one for all, but the supervillains is the opposite. It's all for one, and like it's that. And the main villain can steal powers. Like I said, it's that concept there. Again, I just think this is a visually stunning show. Like the fight, like go, going into its final seat, it's it's in its end game in the manga now as well. They've had this like thing planned out. But one of the characters in this, like one of the characters in this show, he can turn people to just ash. That's his power, decay. And mm. if, if 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 he can decay the ground, he can 
and he he's like the inheritor of this next gift. I don't know what's going on. If ever I have stopped watching the, I've stopped reading the manga up until this point, like just to not spoil myself anymore, I may go back and just reread it. But again, I I think like I highly recommend watching this show because it's it's season based as well, which I think is absolutely great. But I think the reason, like the final reason I love the show is because my number one show is the reason why I love this show because visually it lends so much from that show. We'll get into that in a second. I think you know that my number one show in a second, just for some of the visuals we're seeing. But again, this actual anime itself, though, is just ridiculous, in my opinion. Again, it, it is just, it's just stunning. It's just, mm. it's just absolutely stunning. And mm. I, again, my, um, my number two is My Hero Academia. I've watched maybe half the first season of My Hero. Um, I will, will watch more. Um, also, fun fact: they do put a lot of Star Wars references in, into mm. that into that show. Like uh, Tatooine is mentioned, like the uh, the train station or the, uh, the 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 shopping village is called Tatooine. They actually <laughs> do like put a lot of Star Wars references in there, which I think is an interesting concept. So yeah, I highly yeah I really do recommend. Like I think it does take a bit to get into, but once you're in it, I think it's it's just brilliant. And I, I try, I I, I try to convince a friend a friend so much to watch that show that he refuses to watch it now just out of spite because I asked him to watch it so much. So yeah, I believe we're on to our number ones now, aren't we? We are on to number one. Um, so my number one might be controversial with some people because we're going to have to talk about the second season. Uh, but the melancholy of Haruhi Suzuki... Sorry. The melancholy of Haruhi Suzuki... I've probably butchered that. Sorry. Um, so, okay, interesting concept. So this is comedy, mystery, school, slice of life. So they all hang around in a club room and it's, you know, get on doing fun adventures. Um, but it's like quite zany. So the, the main character, uh, Haruhia, um, he very much fundamentally believes aliens, time travelers, and espers exist um, in this world. So she's started a club where she wants to investigate aliens, time travelers, and espers. Now, she is effectively the god of this universe, but she doesn't know it. Um, So she kind of makes everything exist. So she gets anxious about things, Monsters will turn up and smash up the school or some part of the city. Because she believes in time travellers, espers, and aliens, the other club members are... time. One is a time traveller, one is an esper, and one is an alien. But she cannot know this, because she cannot know that she's god of the universe, because then she will destroy the universe, maybe, I think is the thinking. So it becomes incredibly meta and wacky and like she's quite a zany character um she wants the, her club to be the best and do lots of entertaining things so that like they'll go off and make a movie they'll um challenge the it club to a game of what is effectively battleships um i think it is a lot of people's favorites however the second season um the first eight episodes of which the endless eight um basically they get stuck in a time loop where haruhi um basically wants to have the perfect summer 
So they just keep going through the same like week of summer over and over and over again, and they have to cut like it. People do say that it's the same episode over and over, but it's not. They have to kind of work the way through the issues that they remember, but then she, oh, do they remember? She doesn't. She she remembers they don't. Um, I th- when I first watched it, I thought it was like an incredible feat of experimental filmmaking, really. Um, so a lot of people don't like it, but I persevere with it, and it is very interesting. Like in general, a lot of very interesting, quite surprising things happen because it does play with your perceptions of what's going on. And do you, I yeah, absolutely, absolutely watch it. Um, this came out in two thousand and eight, so it was roughly around the time I was starting to watch anime. So this is kind of like the first generation of shows that I ever watched. Um, again, it's stuck with me since then. Uh, and it's, it's an incredible show. Um, yeah, it is one to be experienced for sure. Um, go watch it. That's cool. No, honestly, that's, that's pretty awesome, man. Like, uh, so the second season called The Disappearance? Or is, or is the, or is yes. the Melancholy? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, oh, well... Mm. Uh, so there's a movie as well that I haven't actually seen where she does disappear and everyone's lives fall apart and they have to go and find her. But I don't know if they actually do find her because I haven't seen the movie. Um, That's fair then. It's been very hard for me to find, to be honest. I would have watched it if I'd been able to get hold of it. But um, it's a show I've struggled to find out there online, to be honest. It's pretty awesome, to be honest. Like, I... Again, like it's interesting, you know, see all these different animes, and I never, I never expected that to 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 be what you mentioned, but I, I'm definitely going to check that out. And again, I do love animes that just have a final ending, like you know, you can just watch it all and just really enjoy it. Mm. Unlike yeah. my number one, which what have we got all the well, you yeah, I mean, it's already on the screen now, but like you know, all the yelling, all the screaming, all the kakarot. All the you know all all that and all the um and all like the yellow haired characters and you think you know where I'm going with this people I'm talking about the Dragon Ball series. Fun fact: I've never watched Dragon Ball. I never watched that, and I've heard I've seen some of the footage from that. That would not pan out today. I, I tell you that for sure. Some of the some of the visuals in that show would not would not work today. And I I keep forgetting that Dragon Ball how old it is, like. You know, Dragon Ball came out in like the mid '80s, which I, mm. you know, and it finished in '94. Z finished in '94, which is very like you know, it was very young. And again, the first time I ever saw this show, I was around a friend's house. I played Pokemon Snap for the first time and Pokemon Stadium for the first time, and I saw a character on screen, just like it was the Freezer Saga, where he's just turning into a uh, uh, Super Saiyan for the first time. And it's just him standing there, shaking, his hair starting to glow, glow green, yellow, and the environment is going green in the lightning. I was like, what is this magnificent show? I need to watch it. Obviously, this was Toonami back then, so it was catching next time on Dragon Ball Z. And 25 episodes later, something happened, which I think was a big thing back in the day. I just remember back in the day of finishing school, going to my grandparents' house, getting a bowl of Nest Quick, and watching the next episode of Dragon Ball Z to then be sh- uh, sad that it would take 15 more uh, episodes just to get to the actual fight I actually wanted to see. And that fight would be over in four episodes. My favorite character from Dragon Ball Z in general is Gohan. I think he's the best character in the show. I'm really frustrated how like that character played out. Obviously, 
there was a big thing in Dragon Ball Z where uh, Gohan was supposed to take over for Goku um, in in the series, but there was a lot of backlash, so Akira Toriyama had to change that. I believe it was Akira Toriyama uh, had to change that. And so Go- Goku was brought back and the Super Saiyan 3 was brought back, and which really did piss me off because I'm not a big fan of the Boo saga. Like, I'm really not a big fan of that. I thought the Cell saga was great. Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Uh, again, it's my favorite character. I love the fact that Piccolo is a better dad to Gohan than Goku is, because I think that's absolutely hilarious, to be honest. Uh, I love the fact that throughout the entire series as well, from the get-go of Gohan being around, you saw the increase of his power as time went by. So when um, Raditz first shows up, you know he, you start seeing his power there. And the constant increase to the Cell Saga, where it's finally revealed that Goku and no one could defeat him except Gohan. And it's it's emotion for Gohan. He's the smartest character in the show, like fighter. He's the smartest fighter. Uh, and he's, well, he's just the smartest out of that group. But he's, he was also the strongest fighter as well, which I thought was great. You know, I thought it was really brilliant to have. And then they just sort of dumbed it down from there, which did not dumb it down, but it sort of you know, it pulled away from it. It sort of bring, brought in that, well, the, you could just bring these characters back as many times as you want. did frustrate me, but I think the reason I love this show is because it did continue on to Dragon Ball Super, which I thought was brilliant. Like, I actually didn't... So Dragon Ball Super was four seasons long in total. But what they did was, which I thought was brilliant, uh, Res- Battle, of the, Battle of Gods and Resurrection of F were the two seasons, first two seasons, just condensed into a two-hour-and-a-half movies. And it works perfectly. I watched those two films on Netflix and I knew exactly where I was in the uh, timeline. I didn't have to go back and watch the previous seasons. And just goes to show you can condense something really well. Um, And then obviously Dragon Ball Super had this amazing final fight scene and the music Ultimate Battle was just epic. And obviously it was the point where Frieza and Goku have to fight together to defeat this final boss. It wasn't a case of, you know... Goku won again because he just couldn't win. That was literally part of the story. Goku could not win against his character. And Vegeta's just looking at these guys like, these two guys have hated each other to this point, but they're having to both fight together. And it's three against one. Android 17, Frieza and Goku against Jiren in the uh, Tournament of Power. And it, should, it, was just, it was just visually great. And it turns out, spoiler, Goku and Frieza lose in the end. They lose by taking the main villain out of the tournament, off the, off the map. That's how, they, that's how, that's how, it's basically multiverse. It's a multiverse story, like different universes fighting to survive. Else the gods will wipe out their universe. And it turns out that Android 17 was the one who won. I thought it was a really interesting concept. Visually, I thought the show was like, the, the final season was brilliant. They actually get, made Gohan more of a badass again going into Super. You know, it actually goes, it does play into the narrative of how Gohan is more of a bookworm at the beginning of Super. And then it's like him realizing, I need to train again. And it's just going into that. One really interesting concept is the fact that this is very popular in Spanish and Latin Portuguese speaking countries because in the final season, like they filled like crowds full of people just watching the final fight between all these characters and like seeing how it plays out is just seeing the reaction. Like it's, it's almost Avengers end game level for these people to see these final fights play out 
in parking lots and you know almost stadiums to a degree like see see you know seeing the the cheering mm. people had i thought it was brilliant you know and again this just goes to show when i when i when when i say animated people usually free animes come up in mainstream media pokemon dragon ball or naruto those are the, those are the three that always come up always come up to people that is usually it and i think that's just, Goku is Goku is the anime ver- he is the anime version of Superman. He is literally the anime analog of Superman in 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 the world. When you think of Japanese anime in pop culture, Goku is always pretty much at the top of that list. He he is the personification in my mind of that. You know, you know we're watching videos at the moment even you know stadiums full of Brazil like you know people seeing all these reactions and Mexico, you know Brazil Mexico seeing all these people watching. I never knew this until I saw the show. But I remember watching these final two episodes and, you know, messaging my friend right away. The music in the show as well, just literally, it's my, it's my, it's my workout music. When I want to power up, I go to my Dragon Ball, I go to my anime music and this is definitely one of them. So I don't know. It's just, it's just always been a big nostalgia factor for me. And that's the reason why this is my favorite anime of all time. It really is. And I know a lot of people say, but there's much better anime out there, but I don't care. I really don't because give me glowy haired fighters shouting Kamehameha. Fuck the movie. Fuck that live action movie, by the way. I, like Jesus Christ, it pissed me off. Actually, I'll give the movie two credits. I will give it two credits. And people come at me, come at me on the comments for section for this. People, I don't care. James Masters at Piccolo. I did appreciate because he actually did do a lot of research for this movie, that movie. And he didn't have the antennae, but I thought the visual concept for him was good. The gi for Goku at the end, I didn't mind. And the charge up of the Kamehameha, didn't mind it. When he flew with the Kamehameha, could burn in hell. But outside of that, that movie can fuck off. Like, it's what it, that is. People say Avatar The Last Airbender is the worst anime. No, Dragon Ball is the worst anime adaptation ever. Like, it really is. Because Goku's in high school. Why? Just why? I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no reason at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do agree. Um, I overall the Dragon Ball series is is I've had I guess limited access to the series, but I, it's one of these shows that's kind of just always been there. I you make fun of it because battles will last multiple episodes, like. There aren't. Well, I can say, which was really good, uh, Dragon Ball Kai, which Mm. they released, was the cut-down version of Z. Mm. They cut down a lot of Z, and they they reformatted it so it was in HD now. And I Mm. believe they did cut, like, 20 episodes. I think it it was a lot of episodes out from the freezer fight, so it was much more condensed. Yeah, but it's, it's always been there. People have been very passionate about it since... Before I was born, I was born probably. Oh yeah, um, before I ever was born. Yeah, I mean, especially the fighting game community, I think it's it's very into. Just it has a very special place in the world of geek culture. I mean, uh, the fact that the fact they could do video games with that that narrative for so many years, but it's just the same narrative for each mm-hmm. one, just goes to show how people how much people love that series. Yeah. Yeah, they're still coming out now. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and actually, I I bought like a lot of them. I remember, I remember the PS One game Ultimate Battle Twenty Two. I believe it was. Hmm. It was a two D one. It wasn't good. It hmm. was not good. 
um final bout which was the 3d one on playstation one i remember that playing that that was interesting so you had like all the i remember <laughs> the one dragon ball thing i didn't watch was gt i tried to uh, there's a funny story in which i convinced my grandfather to buy the entire gt series for me on cds mm-hmm. back imported from japan on on, e- on old school ebay took mm-hmm. weeks to get here put it in the pc to watch Dumbass here, being young, I didn't read that it didn't have subtitles. No, no. So I bought, I convinced my grandfather to buy this. It took weeks to convince him, and it turns out I couldn't read it at all. So I just never watched GT, which I'm kind of, I kind of heard was a good thing in the end. Mm. But yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's my number one. Some classic series is there. Um... I said, you know, I've all, you know, my my anime is more mainstream. You know, I'm more I'm more into my, you know, my more mainstream anime. To be honest, it, it's, I've always been that way. Like I've mm. tried, you know, that's the thing. I've always tried to watch other anime, and people actually, um, now that we now that we've wrapped up, now we can talk very briefly about what we're next going to be doing with anime because we're going to be trying to bring this a bit more now. We may be bringing a few more people into the show to sort of diversify our shows a bit, so more topical debates, video games, movies, TV shows, anime. Obviously, Fergus loves his anime, so he'll probably be more centric to the anime side of things. He'll definitely be in the other shows as well. Because mm-hmm. you know he he loves to talk about that stuff, but it's good, it's good to find a condensed group. Also, I've asked Fergus to compile a list of ten anime from the level I like, uh, the level I like now. So he's seen the anime I like now. To well, the anime that he showed earlier, basically yeah. those levels. One of the got fir- a good idea already. The yeah. first episode of each of those anime, and I will rank <sighs> top ten what I'd watch and what I will never watch again. And we will we will do Nate's top ten. What the fuck? We will, you know, you know what the what the fuck I need to watch this to what the fuck I'm never going to watch this. That that will be the scale, <laughs> a nice nice scale to be honest. And that's what okay. we're going to do. Yeah, and we're we're, we're going to okay. be doing that. And I think I know Fergus is definitely looking forward to seeing Capone that list. Is definitely coming up my reactions to that. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, I can put stuff together. Um, I, if it's on a streaming service, they it's we won't be showing footage. We won't be showing footage. But we'll just be naming names <laughs> and we will be talking about it. And we'll be very, like, in Fergus right now, it's like, what can we actually do? Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we'll have to discuss this later. <laughs> yes, we definitely will. Off off mic, people, off mic. We will have to do that. But yes, people, that is the episode, people. We have done a pretty much an extra long episode for you all today. It's about about an hour and 40 about an hour and a half again so that's pretty good so another hour and a half episode that's always good to have mm. uh but yes yeah, so fergus thank you very much for joining me today on that sir no problem thank you for having me and letting me talk about anime oh yeah we'll definitely be doing more of that and obviously we'll be doing a lot more adaptations of anime going forward as well because obviously we'll have the we'll probably do like review some anime shows coming out maybe later down in the year obviously we have the avatar last step and tv series coming on late in the year or next year, no doubt. We'll definitely be reviewing that. I'd say that for sure. Uh, and we'll probably have some more going on with that. But yes, people, that is it. Right. Now we are at the end of the show. You know the spiel. You know the wrap-up now, people. It's time for us to wrap up and go forward. Go forward. Also, turns out this is over 45 minutes. Fergus is over an hour now. So it's actually an hour and 45 minutes episode. So <laughs> long episode, people. Long episode. But yes, people, right. You know what comes out now, people. 
if you have any questions, queries, compliments, insults you want to put towards me for saying Dragon Ball is the greatest anime ever, or going to Fergus, he has some amazing choices, or anime that we've missed off this today, or anime that you just love in general, maybe send us your top lists in. Please feel free to do that by maybe tweeting your top five list at NMICast on Instagram or Twitter, commenting on there when we put our posts up, or maybe just you know DMing us on there, see what what see what we like on there, or. If you feel, if you'd like to email us with any questions, queries, compliments, maybe some anime show ideas, topic discussions, again your top lists, feel free to email us at nmipodcast at outlook.com. That's nmipodcast at outlook.com, uh, or email also email us also at feedback at nmicast.com. That's feedback at nmicast.com. So use either of those; they'll be forwarded. They'll be forwarded to the email address. Search for our socials at NMICast on Twitter, Instagram, and on Linktree. So you can find us on Linktree to all of our socials as well as all of the listening platforms. If you'd like to search for us on YouTube to actually see the pixel versions that we're actually doing now, with some fun little animatics going into that, we will be improving that as we go along, or I'll be improving that, just trying to slave away on the animations, people, all the, all the animations. Uh, that's search on YouTube, nmi dash when you need more info, NMI dash when you need more info, give us a subscribe and give us a few likes on there, people. We'll uh, we'll definitely appreciate that. If you've got any suggestions on that as well, please feel free to do so. Again, I've been your host, Nate. Next week, we will be doing another topical discussion. We, um, Depending on some news, if a couple of shows get cancelled, which I think they might, I think you know which show I'm on about, uh, we may be doing a few topical discussions of that, or we might find out something else next week. Right, people. I've been your host, Nate. Again, thank you for Fergus for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Right, people. You stay safe, everyone. I will speak to you next week. Stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.